Hey everybody, hope you're doing well. It is Sunday, March 20th at 11.36 p.m. Purdue has just secured a position in the Sweet 16 next week in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Purdue uh, beat Texas 81-71 to tonight up in Milwaukee. And um, they did it by doing something they, they haven't done a great job at. A couple things they haven't done a great job at this year at different times. Number one, they took pretty good care of the ball. Um, they only had uh, 11 turnovers. And uh, the second thing they did really well is uh, they hit free throws. And did they ever hit free throws? Texas decided to adopt a position since they were drastically overmatched size-wise. They decided to just beat the living hell out of Purdue. Um, they uh, hacked and hacked and hacked Purdue to the tune of 46 free throws were shot by Purdue. In all honesty, Purdue could have shot a lot more. Uh, with about four or five minutes left, the refs changed the way they were calling the game. Uh, Purdue set an NCAA tournament record with the amount of free throw shot. 46 free throw shot, 33 made. So they shot uh, 71.7% from the free throw line. I've been talking to you guys, if you come here often, all season, that 70%, uh, hitting 70% of your free throws is kind of a magic number for Purdue. Um, when they do it, uh, good things seem to happen. They did it tonight, and uh, they secured the victory. Um, there's a couple, couple interesting subplots happening right now. <clears throat> One of them, of course, is the Big Ten is being decimated. Um, there are only two Big Ten teams left, Michigan and Purdue, of course. And um, I don't care about conference loyalty, but the media narrative is funny, right? Because the uh, Big 12 is the superior conference, according to everybody. This whole season, really, that's what they were saying. And uh, then the Big Ten has done its best to write this narrative effectively in the postseason as team after team fell. I mean, let's, let's make no bones. Other than Wisconsin falling, uh, the rest of them were playing straight to seed, and so they were just lower seeds, and that was going to happen. But Purdue handling their business is a big deal for a lot of reasons. Number one, <clears throat> if Purdue can play the seed straight out, they get the Final Four. But they, put your head around it. Purdue can handle their business, play the seed, they go to the Final Four. In front of them, they've got number four, I think, uh, UCLA, number eight, North Carolina, and uh, 15th seed, St. Peter's. That'll be the team they play next week. St. Peter's is playing well. You can't diminish uh, the importance of a team just kind of feeling like they're a team of destiny. <clears throat> St. Peter's is one of only three 15 seeds to make it to the Sweet 16. Um, and I, I hope they enjoy this week. It's going to be a magical time for them in New Jersey. Um, and I hope this is it. This is their last stop and Purdue can keep going. If Purdue can get to North Carolina or UCLA, I think a lot of people would say that's a pretty solid run in the tournament. Um, but the really interesting thing about watching Purdue play is they're not playing close to their best basketball that they can at this stage. Like, they can get better right now in a hurry with just a couple things. Uh, number one, really interesting thing happened in the first half. Jaden Ivey was getting held around the waist by uh, Texas. So they decided we're going to take away Purdue's bigs by just playing physical. And we're going to take away Jaden Ivey by holding him around the waist. At one point, he was trying to just shake a guy <clears throat> just to get to the ball to receive an out-of-bounds pass. And a Texas guy grabbed him around the waist. And I noticed that was the fourth time I had noticed that tactic being used. And it had been called a foul one time. One freaking time. That's not basketball, by the way, guys. That's... Um, but that's all right. It's, um, it's 
frustrating to watch that stuff because the whole idea of that free movement and allowing players to play is something that every year you hear that garbage in college basketball. Now that Purdue has a truly dynamic score, um, he's not being free. He's not being allowed to freely move, and uh, that hurts a little bit. <clears throat> Let's go through the stats. Uh, Trayvon Williams off the bench, uh, uh, he was brilliant uh, shooting. 10 for 13 from the floor. Excellent. Uh, excellent game. 10 for 13 from the floor. 22 points. 7 rebounds. 2 assists. Uh, he had a bunch of turnovers. <coughs> um, and those kill me, honestly. Um, uh, because he's the leader, because he's the guy that I think the young guys look to, because he's the guy that really defines the success of this team. I mean, he's super laid back. He has a good time. But I said it to uh, my son's friend, Jared, who... who uh, uh, often comes on to the, the, the quick cast live. Um, he could come right in here if you wanted to. But um, uh, I said to him, uh, you don't, if you, if you don't win, Trey, you don't get to dance. And I think uh, that taking away his uh, ability to dance might be like taking away his left arm. I think he'd, uh, he, he loves dancing, loves celebrating. Uh, he's a big kid. Um, he did not uh, shoot free throws well. Uh, he was two for four. A couple of those would have made the game a little less, uh, palpable, like literally, literally, uh, I wouldn't have felt it as much in my chest, but, um, that wasn't the way it was going to be. Ivy went eight for nine from the stripe. Eric Hunter went eight for nine from the stripe. Sasha Stefanovic went four for five from the stripe. Zach Eady, seven for 12. He missed a couple front ends, which has happened, but seven for 12, I guess is serviceable at least, right? I mean, it's close to that 70% number. Um, and uh, Ethan Morton was two for three from free throw line. Um, the team did their job. I mean, that's that's a ton of action on the free throw line. It's tough to say the word action and free throw line together, but we're doing it right here. Uh, Zach Eady finished with 11 points, 10 rebounds. Um, and he was getting pounded on. He had one turnover. But literally, he had every time he'd get near the ball, he'd have three guys around him and um, – my guess is he's going to have lacerations all over his arms and legs because just the nature of the way they were doing it. He fouled out one guy, put another guy, um, nearly fouled him out. But really, Williams was much more effective from the, from the court. I said it before the game, Eric Hunter's play is going to define if Purdue can succeed in that game. Well, Eric Hunter from the field was only one for seven, so he didn't shoot that great. But Eric Hunter played a solid game. He only turned the ball over twice. He had three assists, 11 points. Uh, solid game. And you know what he didn't do? He didn't turn the ball over versus their um, their press. They tried the press. It just wasn't very effective. And a couple times when he danced backwards, when he fell back into the, uh, into the teeth of the press, kind of allowing them to reset and send another guy up into the corner, um, I got pretty nervous. But he was clearly doing something he felt comfortable with and that he had practice. Um, and they'd find a way to find Morton over and over in the center of the court. Uh, Ethan Morton, I cannot uh, tell you his eight points and two rebounds, two blocks. By the way, he blocked a three-pointer in the first half, which is awesome. Um, and uh, But those eight points really don't tell the story of how important he was. Defensively, he was huge. He shut down Marcus Carr after Marcus Carr was kind of running through Purdue's defense unabated. Um, Marcus Carr, by the way. We never get to see him, never have to, never will see him again against Purdue, thank God. But he had 23 points in his final gasp, his final uh, swing at Purdue. <clears throat> he looked very good. Uh, I still don't like to see Purdue playing him. Uh, Jones, who's played Purdue twice in his career, uh, had 17 points. Um, 
But Purdue did their job. They handled their business, and they survived. They advanced. And to do it by 10 points, I guess, is, um, uh, you know, somewhat some cushion. But in reality, as we all watched, and, it, and you could feel that Purdue really needed to hit free throws down the stretch, it felt quite a bit closer. And um, I don't know what's going to happen to me if Purdue gets past St. Peter's. <clears throat> and they're in a close game versus North Carolina. Boy, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. So that's Purdue's uh, 29th win on the season. They're now 29 and seven. Just uh, if you like history, we can compare them a little bit to the 2018 team who had 30 wins uh, after the second round, and then they fell to Texas Tech and Chris Beard. So another neat subplot: Matt Painter finally gets that monkey off his back. The Chris Beard problem of losing to Beard, both at Arkansas, Little Rock, and Texas Tech. Now he can move on about that, and he never has to lose to Chris Beard again. My guess is, like I said, I think they're going to play again. Um, but in the first half, one thing that was disconcerting, I think, for every Purdue fan, before I um, go on to the live section, is that Purdue had a real chance to blow this thing out of the water. It felt like they should have been up by about 15 to 25 points at the end of the first half. Instead, they were up by a pretty slim margin. They were up uh, 36-30, almost right away, that six-point lead fell to nothing it completely evaporated um in the second half and it felt well we're in we're in for a dogfight sure enough uh that the game stayed close went back and forth for quite a bit before purdue secured it and put it away uh, a lot of people on here well, that's great uh, i think you guys are all uh excited uh go to the top nathan anderson says demons exercise word man um so that's a that's a big deal to see uh to see painter move on what a big deal john younger morton was great no doubt. John uh, Morton was huge. Uh, Zach Young says, uh, got a text message saying the game was rigged in our favor because of the free throws. Well, Zach, the people that said that don't watch a lot of basketball because uh, if you watch the game, I, I would bet if you watch the game, they could have called a foul every single Purdue offensive set just because of the nature of basketball that Texas was playing. And maybe this is our problem, by the way, with Beard. It's the same problem Purdue has with Wisconsin, <clears throat> it's the same style of play. It's a throwback, ugly style of play. It doesn't work in modern basketball. He needs to move on. Sorry, there we go. Um, he needs to move on and figure out that um, that that game doesn't work in, in the in the broader field. Works really well when you got a couple pros. I think he had two or three guys that went on the NBA um, on his Texas Tech team, so it's easy to succeed there. But playing this game where you just beat the hell out of teams and you drag down. Uh, you play a brand of basketball where it's all predicated on daring the officials to call a uh, foul every single possession. Um, it doesn't work, and um, yeah, I good for good for Purdue for winning. I don't know what the autofocus is doing right now. I apologize, but none of you guys want to see me anyway. Anyhow, uh, let's see. Uh, team win. Joe Siegel says. Um, Robert Randy says, please work on free throws, guys. Uh, no, we aren't getting hammered every bit as much next Friday or this what bit as much Friday. <clears throat> so Purdue will play Friday, I guess, is what that means. Um, Purdue's not going to become a better free throw shooting guy, uh, team, guys. Got bad news. And um, it's just not going to happen. So uh, hitting 70% is pretty darn good. That's, like I said, that's the water line that Purdue needs to worry about, and they, they got past it, so that's great. Let's see, what else? Um, Joe Siegel said, defense really stepping up. Imagine if threes were falling. Let's look at that really quick. It's a very good point, but um, Purdue only hits 35% of their threes. Um, 
Sasha stays freezing cold. 0 for 4. 0 for 4. Ivy goes 50%. 2 for 4. One of those was really deep that he hit. Uh, Eric Hunter, 1 for 5 from 3. And he's been pretty rock solid from 3. Um, but if this team, that's kind of my whole point about saying this team isn't even playing their best version of, uh, of their game. They're really not playing their best version right now. And um, I don't know why this thing's... There we go. Sorry, I'm having a technical problem where... Cannot figure it out. Autofocus will not focus on me. It's focused on the microphone every time. Doesn't matter to you guys. Anyway, uh, that stuff bothers me. It makes me nuts. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, Andrew Day, that's a good point. I think that's a very good point. If the game was a Big Ten game, Purdue would have shot 10 free throws. Andrew Day says that. Um, yeah, it's a good thing it was a neutral court. Uh, it's a good thing that uh, these refs are... I don't know if you know how this situation works. The refs get graded out every game during the NCAA tournament. And dependent upon if they grade out well, then they get to move on as well. So they're trying to put on their best. They're trying to impress. And uh, I think that helped Purdue today where they're actually calling fouls. So that's good. John Faker. Old pal says, uh, Jaden Ivy, Ivy may have played his best game all year. His decision-making was incredible. I think that's kind of the underrated thing when you look at his stat line, right, is that um, his decision-making was really, really good. He didn't shoot a shot in the first 10 minutes at all, I don't think. Hey, LBD, yeah. how many shots did uh, Ivy have in the first half? Zero shots in the first half. There we go. Thank you. Thank you both. Uh, so that's exactly the tip of the cap that John's talking about. Um, zero shots in the first half, and yet Purdue was ahead. And that's because of good decisions. Um, he's got he's to play game, the game like that, and he's got to get even better. The next step is maybe they'll allow him to play basketball. Maybe they'll allow the thing to get free-flowing a little bit. And, um, and then on top of that, he will... Um, uh, He'll get loose. He'll be able to use his speed, and uh, and Purdue will do some big things. Let's see. His first shot was a junk. Says uh, dunk. Says Ruta Chris. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. That was a hell of a dunk too. The one where he drove right down Main Street. That was awesome. I have no idea why I can't get anything to focus right now. But anyway, uh, so let's uh, let's look ahead. Purdue's going to play St. Peter's next week on Friday now. And uh, Purdue, like I said, wins 81-71 to 71 over Texas. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks to our sponsors, uh, Gridiron Metalworks, uh, Martin Vintage, and AJ's. We appreciate them. And um, how about that? Um, and thanks for tuning in. Like I said, to you, uh, thanks to everybody who's live. Uh, tune in to uh, the post-game comments. I know I'll watch those here in a minute. Uh, see if I can glean any more. And we'll have some thoughts for you over the next four days before Purdue plays again, next five days, if they're playing Friday. Um, so that's a good one. Handel Jones says, need Edie to get confidence, go up stronger next game. Yeah, there's one play specifically, Handel, that I think of where Edie was completely surrounded. Um, and um, and he, he the guy that was closest to him, I think, was 6'7 or 6'6. At that point, he's just he's just got to use his sheer strength, right? Um, but he double and triple teamed. And at that point, I think he had two guys on the inside and maybe one behind on help, but you can't give them that chance. Right. So, um, I don't know if Purdue, well, St. Peter's is going to play a similar game and that they're going to be, um, undersized, but they're not going to 
they're not going to try to handle Purdue in the same way. They're not going to be able to handle Purdue in the same way that Texas did because Texas had three pretty decent athletes that were undersized. My guess is St. Peter's has one guy that they can play at power forward. Um, I know they play a fast pace. Again, it's a bit like the uh, Yale game, so get ready for something like that. But I'll be honest, I don't expect for Purdue to uh, keep that one close. And um, I expect for Purdue's size to be completely overwhelming to them. I expect for Ivy speed to be completely overwhelming again. There's something you, you simply cannot prepare for, for speed and size like that. There's nothing they can do. And I know they played a good team in the first round, but I still, um, I don't think they can prepare for it. And so I know you guys have heard me uh, express doubt at certain times, but uh, Purdue, the team, doesn't need to listen to me at all. They need to understand that every every team that they play from here out, everything matters. It's absolutely imperative to look at that team as if they're playing the um, the what ninety five Bulls, right? I don't know if that's the right year, but handle them all with immense amount of respect. And um, even though you Purdue will be in the position to, they should beat the living hell out of that team. And um, I know they're playing for their life, and I don't want to get too cute and all that stuff, but. No reason to to not leave any doubt versus that team. So thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you later. Have a great day. God bless you. I'm so happy that Purdue is moving on to the Sweet 16. Hammer down. Talk to you soon.